it had been smooth sailing for me going into the tournament. We had played a warm-up game against Holland, and I had two goals and an assist. I was flying, and, and I think in those moments, it's just really easy to feel like, to be completely honest, that you don't really need Jesus in those moments, and he can kind of become, you know, I like to use the term like a back pocket kind of Jesus. This is Culture at a Crossroads with David Mann. We are back to explore the intersection of faith and culture in Canada and to find out what the changing things in our culture mean to Christians. Today we're considering the world's most popular sport, soccer, or as what is better known in the rest of the world, football. And joining me for that, we chat with Drew and Janine Becky, a brother-sister duo, both play pro. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. It's great to be here. Now, I know you're uh, distant right now, but you've been together a little bit earlier this year. You're both professional soccer players. I've got to ask off the start, do you guys play each other? Because you match up as a center back and a forward. <laughs> uh, we, have, we haven't in a long time. I don't think since we were uh, youth, even then, no. Um, we haven't, no, not really. If we're doing a drill, I might do some 1v1 defending with her, but that's really it. But if he's defended me when we're doing drills, it's like shadow defending because... Normally, that's for my benefit. So, uh, yeah, but I feel like we've not really ever, like, actually played against each other. We've played pickup with loads of friends before, but never actually been, like, against one another. Mm, no 1v1s? Not yet. I mean, there's still time. Yep. I guess when you're together, you want to break from soccer, too. We, yeah, a little bit. We, we like to spend time with our family, obviously, but considering this is both of our jobs, can't take too much time off. So it's nice to to have him to have as a workout partner and and be motivated that way to keep doing things when, when we're on break. And our family's quite active anyway, so I'm really poor at taking time off. Drew's a bit better in that than I am, but... Nice to support each other. Well, I was just going to say, soccer is a tough game to do by yourself, so it's nice to have somebody else around uh, in the offseason to, to kick the ball around with. You can kick the ball against the wall. You can do those type of things, but uh, it's not like basketball. You can go get up a 1,000 shots. I guess you could do that in soccer, but it's more position-specific, so... Now, I understand you guys played a lot of sports growing up. How did you both happen to land on soccer, football? Well, like you said, we played a bunch of sports. And I think that um, when it came to be the deciding age, maybe 13, 14, 15, um, it's just the game we we love the most. Um, It was the least expensive one, for sure, which helped. And uh, we had just a lot of great friends in the game. I think that's what kept us in early. Uh, and then you get to that age and you start to see, okay, I could really make something out of this. I could maybe get a, a university scholarship or at worst continue to play till I'm you know, 18 or 19 and, and have a fun time. But uh, we had to start taking it serious around that age. And soccer was really just the, the love that we both shared. All our, my other sisters played as well. And I think they could have been quite good if they kept playing. But, you know, it was just what stuck with Janine and I. And, you know, it could have gone... Other ways, I played a lot of baseball. Uh, I played a lot of uh, basketball too, but that wasn't the one I was really best at or most passionate about. So that's that's kind of my my way of looking at it. You would echo a lot of what your brother said, Janine. Yeah, definitely. I think it also helps. I'm the youngest of the four of us, so following in the footsteps of all three of my older siblings, which was it was soccer for all of us for a really long time. Uh, one of our sisters chose to pursue basketball. And she played that for a while. But yeah, I think similar to Drew, it was just what I was most passionate about. And and at the end of the day, when you want to do something as a career, it comes down to what you're most talented at at the end of the day. So 
that was that was soccer for me. I was I was a three sport athlete in high school. I played basketball, soccer, and ran track. And I was I loved basketball and track. I knew basketball wasn't going to be in the future for me, but for a while I did think about trying to do track and soccer both at the collegiate level. And then you know after lots of conversations and suggestions from coaches, it was it was the soccer route, which I think has worked out pretty well for both of us. So. Yeah, I think it was such a key for both me and Drew to play so many sports growing up. I think that gave us such a nice foundation of being a good athlete and being able to to move in different ways. And I think that that's really benefited both of us in our careers. Mm. High sports IQs. I like to think so, but maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, we're kind of going back in time a little bit here. So I think it's appropriate to ask this question. When would you guys say that uh, your faith uh, became a, a forefront in your life, a foundation. Maybe we could start with, with you again, Drew. I really would like to say from uh, a very young age, we were in, uh, we grew up Catholic. We went to church every Sunday, maybe not understanding as much about the sacrament as, as well as we should have or or going to Sunday school. But we were there every Sunday, well, at least as long as my, my father was alive up until 2001. And I wouldn't say at that point that we lost our faith but it kind of transformed into understanding who Jesus was and who Jesus is for you individually. And uh, that that transformation was important because I, I don't have any, I, I love, you know, the Catholic rituals and, and going to church, but, you know, I find myself, and at that time, uh, more in a Christian non-denominational uh, sphere of where I was thinking, of what I was feeling, what my relationship was with what uh, Christ was to me. And am I right in that? I don't know. Am I wrong? I don't know. I I will never have that answer. And I think that's part of faith that you won't have those answers. And that's why we we believe what we believe. And so to get back to your original question, it was probably around 12 or 13 that I really understood where I might be going with that. And it just kind of blossomed from there. Well, praise God for that. Janine, I just saw you shared on your social media, the anniversary of uh, of your dad's passing. Uh, how did that event impact your relationship with God? Well, I was quite mm, a lot younger than Drew. So I was only eight when he passed. And at the time, I think that's a lot for a young person to comprehend and, and understand. And I would say I definitely didn't understand what was happening at the time. I think both my my dad and my mom did a very good job, not shielding us from the reality, but making it um, you know, not so tragic, like Drew said. Um, and, and I was aware that he was sick and, and there's the realities around how it happens and when someone has cancer. And so I think that's different than, you know, having someone pass suddenly and having to deal with that kind of trauma. It's a different kind of trauma. And I think that I've, I've felt the impact of losing a dad as a female young, more so as I've gotten older and, and maybe not had some experiences that some of my friends have had. Um, but I would say, yeah, I mean, going to church as a, as a young person, I think can feel a bit routine. And, uh, you know, my parents made me go to church, that kind of thing. But I went to a Christian high school. And so for me, my, uh, for lack of a better term, kind of light bulb moment in my faith was my freshman year of high school when I took my first Bible class. Um, And it wasn't until then that I really kind of felt like my faith was my own and that I had my own personal relationship with Jesus. And and that's kind of what it's been for me since, you know, that was <laughs> like 12, 13 years ago now that 
that I would say I've considered myself, you know, a Christian and and Jesus has have accepted Jesus as my savior. And for me, it's definitely not been a straight road. I think I'm learning every single day more about what a relationship with Jesus actually looks like and what what is in that for for people specifically. And in this <laughs> line of work, I guess you could say, doesn't feel like work sometimes. It's very structured, but it's also very much changing all the time. You know, you know, you could be on one team one year and one the, and another team the next year. You go through lulls in in form, in personal form, team form, results. It's a shaky place to be in that realm. And what I've found as an absolute must have for me is that foundation of my faith that I can fall back on and, and say, you know, what we went through when I was young. I've had a lot of trials since then on a much lower scale. Like Drew said, you don't you don't go through life without, you know, small suffering or big suffering here and there. And for me, it's just that that foundation knowing I made it through that, made it through that. I'm going to make it through this because there's one thing that never changes. And that's, you know, the love and grace of Jesus. Good overview of, of where you guys both are. Good foundation in sports and in faith. Uh, maybe we could just chat, kind of chat through how this uh, identity in Christ has been so pivotal for you in some of the challenges, even more recently, Drew, I understand that uh, you had a, a significant injury earlier in this year and it, it looked like at one point you might not recover from it. How was putting stock in Christ during that time important for you and uh, even now in celebrating the recovery and again, giving God the praise? When these things happen, there's the the first, the response of how you're going to, or the, I like to say the 10,000 foot overview of what you're dealing with. And then you can come down a little bit closer on it. So if you're looking at it from the 10,000 10, feet, right? I had done this before in 2017. I'd had a, a diagnosis that was similar. It had felt with the same pain. I had dealt with the same uh, treatments and feelings. So I had practice in it. And so when I'm looking at it from that altitude, I felt a sense of peace because I'm not relying on sport to have my identity, to you know push me every day, yes for sure, to inspire me, yes, to help others and connect and build relationships, yes. But there's so much I can do if I didn't have sport. Does that make sense? I've learned uh, an immense amount over the last 10, 11 years that for me translates into to business, starting your own business where I don't have to use my body. So if we look at it from not taking God out of the equation, but looking at it from a realistic standpoint of what life you know, you're, I'm going to be doing a, another career outside of sport anyways, right? Whether I'm in coaching or I, I go into building my own business or I, I work for a corporation, those intrinsic qualities that I've learned will translate. So I going back to the how I felt this year and, and the, the scary moments, I had peace with it because, one, I have a foundation in Christ, but two, be, I have so many other qualities that I can I can do if I can't play anymore. Thank you. Thanks for the the honesty in that. Janine, I know that you had uh, quite a few uh, hurdles to overcome in in not making Team USA initially and then uh, deciding to join for Team Canada. Uh, but I wanted to just uh, ask you a little bit about even this past Olympics, the added expectations that you had. And in some ways, I see the world today as it's become more secular in the West that uh, people like yourself are almost worshipped because you are a star. And with uh, what seems to be the, the case of, of Christine Sinclair eventually uh, moving on from Canada soccer, athletes like yourself are, are looked to, to carry the baton. And 
And especially early on in, in the Olympic tournament, there was a lot of press towards you, a lot of focus. How do you lean on Jesus on the mountaintop as an athlete? That's a good question. Um, yeah, the Olympics was a really interesting for me because I think in my mind, you know, you go into those tournaments and you have personal goals and expectations. And if I'm completely honest, of course, we, we wanted to go into that tournament as with a mindset of coming away with a, with gold. And you kind of sit there and you think, yes, we're good enough, but my goodness, it's going to be really, really hard. And there are some really good teams here. And that's what elite sport is, right? You put yourself consistently in positions where the the glory is amazing, but the the failure is is tough and it's really hard. And, and you're setting yourself up for the ratio of failure to success being quite significantly bigger on the failure side. And so going into the tournament, I think we had to work so hard on our mindset around, you know, one step at a time, one game at a time. And for me, yeah, my profile over the last, I would say, four years has grown significantly. And I'm proud of that. None of that would have happened if, you know, the national team wasn't successful and and I wasn't at a great club like Manchester City. But I think like any other human being, it's gotten the best of me sometimes. Um, you know, I've I try as best I can to be, you know, a humble and grateful athlete in person and um, and be, you know, a teammate and leader that that people look to and and aspire to be like. Um, and I think that's what's so special about being on the Canadian national team is that it, I'm surrounded by top, top, top people, like very, very good human beings. Um, there's so much humility in our group. And I think what's changed is just our mindset towards we want to be a group that can be these type of people and, and win and be successful. And so I think that's probably what I'm most proud of with the group. But for me, my, you know, my individual experience at the Olympics was that I started the first game against Japan and I had quite a pretty poor individual performance. And so that was kind of a, you know, banging my head on the wall oh, good Janine, start start the tournament on a poor performance. And it was a bit of a wake-up call because it had been smooth sailing for me going into the tournament. We had played a warm-up game against Holland, and I had two goals and an assist. I was flying. And, and I think in those moments, it's just really easy to feel like, to be completely honest, that you don't really need Jesus in those moments. And he can kind of become, you know, I like to use the term like a back pocket kind of Jesus where you, you just pull them out when you're feeling a little bit low or you need a little bit of extra, you know, I have a sore, sore knee or sore ankle. Come on, Jesus, like heal me. But it's never, you know, sometimes for me, it was like, I'm, you know, at on the top of the mountain and, and I was thinking about myself and what I was going to do at the Olympics. And again, to be completely honest and transparent, that's something that I really struggled with throughout the tournament. And I was feeling disappointed that I wasn't fulfilling this big role of being, you know, one of the people on the team that everyone looks to that's playing really well, that's scoring goals, that's putting up stats. I ended up playing a really different role in the tournament, which was not a lot of stats, a lot of defensive work, you know, the nitty gritty hard work that it takes to to win a tournament like that. And, and I look back on it and my goals for myself personally were very much different than how it ended up but you know at the end of the day we won and, and the role that I played was important and I think it was a big lesson for me in my faith that I'm not in charge of the plan and I'm very much a t- type a personality I like to know what's going on I like to plan things out but that's just not the way that Jesus works 
And it can be really frustrating sometimes to have ideas in your head and see, you know, A, B, and C, I want all of those things and I'm going to do whatever I can to get there. And you can do whatever and still not get there just because it's not the plan for you. And so for me, it's, it's interesting because it was such a successful summer and I wouldn't go back and change any of it. But in the midst of all that success is, you know, personal disappointment and, and personal lessons in what I will look back on as one of the most amazing experiences of my life. But at the same time, one of the biggest lessons in my athletic career. Right. God disciplines those he loves, doesn't he? Since the even added exposure that you've gained from winning, um, a gold medal, which I don't see on you right now, but it's, it's probably somewhere there. At your, <laughs> yeah, it's in, it's in the <laughs> other room. <laughs> Have you had more of a platform even to be able to share your faith? Maybe more more followers? I mean, I know you also have your your uh, pretty illustrious uh, YouTube channel too. <laughs> yeah, the YouTube channel's uh, not, not been updated in a while. I was actually thinking about that today, thinking I need to get back on it. But yeah, I think I'm still trying to figure out, like I said earlier, what my role is in that space. You know, the internet can be a scary place and it's a place where whatever you decide to put out there, you're putting out there and you're putting yourself in a position to be criticized and for people to have opinions. And that's the beauty about the internet, but it's also the downfall about the internet is that everyone has a voice and everyone's going to share their voice and let you know how they feel. And, you know, everyone can say, oh, it's what you choose to look at, but it's not that simple. And, and as I've learned as an athlete with my performances being criticized, my faith has been criticized the same way. And so if I'm honest, I've, sh I've shied away a few times from, from being a bit more vocal on my social media platforms about my faith. But I also do feel a responsibility to encourage those that, you know, are that follow me. And, and it's the first thing I have written in my, my bio on my Twitter and my Instagram. And I'm very, uh, that's what I want. I'm very happy that people see it. And, and it is very happens on a lot of occasions that I'll get messages saying, you know, thank you for, for representing Jesus and, and just lovely messages from people who just see that I have that written on my bio and it, and it changes something. So the fact that the something so small can have such a big impact, you know, it makes you think if I was just to do a little bit more, what impact would that have? And, you know, you talked about my YouTube channel podcasts are obviously a great way to, to chat with like-minded people and, and people of faith. And that's something that I definitely want to do and continue to do. Um, but yeah, like I said, again, honesty and transparency, I am, it's a work in progress for me. I'm trying to figure out what, what the best way to, to use my platform to share my relationship with Jesus and Jesus with other people is. Fair enough. Fair enough. Thank you so much for both of your, uh, both of you being so transparent over this, uh, this time. You know, there's been such uh, momentum, it seems, with uh, Janine and your, your, you and your teammates winning gold at the Olympics back in the summer. And Drew, perhaps you have a better understanding of how the game of soccer is continuing to, to grow and flourish in Canada. Where do you guys see as the ceiling for uh, this sport in one of your native lands? Talking about Canada here, not the States. <laughs> I think it's been it's been a whirlwind, honestly, since the Olympics. And unfortunately for me, and Drew can speak to this a little bit more, I haven't really, other than, you know, our our game in Ottawa and our game in Montreal, I haven't been able to spend any time in Canada and really see the impact that us winning gold has had on communities, the country in whole, you know, the soccer community in terms of like the national teams. So I'm disappointed in that realm. And it, obviously that has a lot to do with COVID and, and the restrictions there. But I think... For me, 
there is really no ceiling and it's such an exciting time to be a part of Canadian soccer, whether that's the CPL, whether it's grassroots, whether it's the men's and women's national team. And it's been really cool to see the men's national team be so, so successful in the last couple of months on the back end of our success. And we have a really great relationship with the men's team, which I think is really special and very unique to Canadian soccer. And I know they have a lot of aspirations for continuing to grow the game on, on the men's side. And for us, you know, our aspiration is to grow a professional league in Canada where young girls can grow up and, and dream of playing professionally in Canada. And that's where, you know, we want the game to get to. And, and we're, we're taking all the right steps to get there. Uh, you can't do, can't do much more than winning a gold medal. The, the next goal for us is obviously the World Cup in 23. And we'll do our best to get there. And the guys will continue to push. And the more successful we both are, the more successful the grassroots will be. And, and things will just continue to get better. So don't get me wrong. There is a substantial amount of work to be done. But I think we're all moving in the right direction. And like I said, it's a really great time to be a soccer player. And it's a really great time to be a soccer fan in Canada. Drew, you alluded to having a bit of a, a business mind earlier. And uh, as far as the, the nuts and bolts of what Janine is talking about moving forward, a lot of work to be done. You know, there's this push for a, a professional women's league in Canada. And we're seeing more and more teams join different leagues in Canada. Are you seeing this this play out at, at a faster rate than you might have expected a couple of years ago even? Definitely, especially with you know, on the men's side having the Canadian Premier League and the financial commitment that they've made over the next 10 years where it's going to be a money-losing situation for the next 10 years. But they're, they're in it for, you know, for the long run. And having the World Cup coming to North America in 2026, I think they have their eyes on uh, a real key, I guess, list of, of things that they are trying to accomplish before then. And try and you know capture the attention that the national you know the women's team have brought already, and the men are doing right now. And it, unfortunately, it takes money to capture those eyes and to capture the hearts of people. We have a very diverse country. I've seen that a lot in in Ottawa and in coaching some youth uh, teams over the last couple of months and being involved in in West Ottawa and East Ottawa in Gatineau. And so it's it's important that those players don't fall through the cracks. And so the continued investment, it will take a substantial amount of money to make sure that these players can afford to play and that the ones that we want to develop can afford or, you know, eventually the club, like, say, Atletico Ottawa, can start to pay for these players to play for free, right, if that makes sense. So the, the commercial side of, of the game in the Canadian Premier League or for the Women's League, as hopefully it'll come in here in the next year or so, a couple of years, is immensely important. You know, we obviously want good quality players, all that stuff, but that all stuff can't happen without sponsorships, commercial investment, uh, TV money. And I think One Soccer has done a great job in a lot of ways of bringing a very professional broadcast to the national team and for the CPL that is better than a lot of what we see in the in the U.S. I think that what they're doing is is going in the right direction, but obviously having the women have success and the men continuing to have success, that is very important, right, for the bottom line. You know, I've been away from the national team for many years, but I'm kind of very close to knowing a lot of these players and saying, okay, you're rooting for them in every capacity because not only does it help them, it helps me and it helps the women and it helps youth players. So we all have to be one community. We're such a small country in numbers, but we have we have the, the ingredients to do it. And we have the people to do it. So it's exciting. Awesome. Wow. The future is bright. Drew, Becky, Janine, Becky, players of soccer, 
stewards of soccer and ambassadors of Christ in the game. Thank you so much for this conversation. Thanks, David. For more information about Drew and Janine Becky, you can head to the show notes at davidmanmedia.com. Next time on Culture at a Crossroads. From the flooding in the valleys of BC to the scorching heat in Lytton, also in BC, it has been one wacky year of weather. So what is contributing to all of these extremes? And what can we expect going forward? Don't miss my conversation with the author of the Canadian Weather Trivia Calendar and our country's foremost climatologist, Dave Phillips. I've done the top 10 weather stories for 26 years. It's the 26th year. And I've never seen a year like this. It's got everything about it, and it's scary, um, but it's riveting in terms of what's happening. And you know, I had more interviews this year from the media from around the world, from BBC, from French radio, from Australia, Singapore, United States, all focused on that heat dome. For Culture at a Crossroads, I'm David Mann. Thanks for joining us today, and we do invite you back next week as we once again explore the intersection of faith and culture in Canada, helping to better equip you in following Jesus.